0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 229. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Great PMOs help organizations drive results. By anticipating what will matter, adapting plans when circumstances change, and my favorite part, accelerating execution. The universal three A's of agility. While some get distracted by methodology and terminology like agile and business agility with that big A, agile, Successful organizations focus on adapting continuously, no matter what it's called. We're going to explore how PMOs can leverage the three A's, anticipate, adapt, accelerate, as universal principles for organizational agility. I am so excited for this episode. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by MeisterPlan. MeisterPlan is a project portfolio management and resource management tool that helps companies create realistic and achievable project portfolios with features like drag and drop project ranking, real-time scenario comparison, and allocation heat maps. Portfolio managers have all the project data they need right at their fingertips. To see how MeisterPlan can help you uncomplicate your project portfolio, you can sign Sign up for a free 30-day trial at MeisterPlan.com. That's M-E-I-S-T-E-R-P-L-A-N.com. Okay, let's dive in. Now, with me today to talk about the three A's so that you can help your organization thrive is my dear friend, Christoph.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to be here, Laura. Thanks for having me on the show again.
0: Absolutely. Over the past two decades, Christoph has worked to improve the effectiveness of hundreds of organizations around the world while improving the work life of those involved at the same time. An academic at heart, he likes to go beyond the buzzwords and extract what's at their core or find out whether there's more than hot air at the core. Which is why Christophe is my friend, because we share that in common. Christophe, thank you so much for being here. I'm so thrilled to have you back on the podcast.
1: It's so wonderful. And I'm really excited about the topic. It's something that's dear to my heart.
0: For sure, for sure. The very first time we met and we had the chance, we were introduced, we started talking and you couldn't separate us for the rest of the evening because we just realized how much we had in common about really just despising the status quo and the typical templates, tools, process first approach, as opposed to getting to the heart of the business problem and setting PMO and strategy and transformation leaders for true success by helping them understand how they can support support Not just fixing project management, but helping our organizations thrive. So I'm super excited to dive into these three A's. But before we do, can you share a little bit about your journey in case people aren't familiar with you?
1: Yes, absolutely, Laura. And let me share part of my story that refers to the topic, of course, of this podcast. So I have an academic background. I have a background in strategy consulting. But what I want to talk about is some 10 years ago, I led a product management organization at a fintech company. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that we did 10 years ago was Changing the delivery model from a project-based development model to an agile operating model following scrum, self-organizing teams. So the goal was to increase employee satisfaction, be more reliable, faster. Can you imagine where that goes from here?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Burnout
1: rates increased. Uh We missed even more deadlines. The number of incidents and the mean time to resolve the incidents increased. Oh, wow. Wow. So, totally went the wrong way, right? Of course, we had to do was reinstate all the management meetings. We said we just abandoned because we're self-organizing, right? And there was one, I think it was called the Release Committee. And what did that meeting do? It answered questions such as, based on our business goals, what are the main initiatives that we should be driving in the next quarter and further out? What are likely large customer projects we need to consider? Where do we need to make trade-offs? When are realistic deadlines for our customers? And how do we make deadlines? meet that we've already committed. So, right. so what we did was we had an agile process at the team level, but we introduced or reinstated an adaptive process on the management level, on the portfolio level too. And I feel that was the game changer for agility in our organization at the time. And today at spend, mm-hmm. that's all we do, creating like adaptive or agile plans, at the portfolio level. And there's this recurring pattern, the three A's, and that's what I wanted to talk about today.
0: Oh my gosh. If only I knew you all back when I was, oh gosh, how many years ago was this? Let's see. So my son was just born. So it was must be around 15 years ago. Maybe he's about a year old at the time. And I was in an organization, and it's fresh in my mind because I've been writing the book as we've been talking about before we hit record on the podcast. I was in an organization that really could have used exactly this, right? They brought me in because their portfolio level was struggling, right? And the typical challenge a lot of organizations have is, well we have this huge portfolio of client projects. So when I asked them, what's the priority? They looked at me like I had three heads. And they said, well, obviously the whole C-suite, I was on the leadership team for the company. And they were thinking, why did we bring this woman in? Because she doesn't understand that every client project is a number one priority. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I said, okay, so we have unlimited time, unlimited resources, unlimited you know funding. We can just spend like crazy. And they're like, well, obviously not. <laughs> and I said, okay, so I'm going to be sending you a copy of the book when it's out, Kristoff, and you will see that story in there and you'll see how it ended. It's actually pretty funny. But I think that this is a challenge that so many organizations are facing is that there's even if they have good project process at the project level, the challenge is how do you elevate and support the entire organization? We have a lot of clients that are scaling up, right? And so they're really struggling with they get so head out too far over their skis and they can't figure out how to grow and accelerate because they have either done what you're talking about, where things are just like too much self-organization and not enough governance, Mm -hmm. right? Or they over process it. And in both scenarios, you are creating a really big challenge. So I think it comes to the Goldilocks method, right? Like, which is why I really want to get into the three A's in more detail, because I think it addresses the it has to be just right, not too free flowing and, you know, wild, wild west, as we call it, or too structured that you're suffocating progress. So could we talk a little bit about out the three A's of agility, anticipate, adapt, mm-hmm. and accelerate. Can you tell me more about that? You know, the agile
1: methodologies in the team level work just fine. The challenges they faced were challenges they couldn't solve themselves. They couldn't be solved on the team level. Those were challenges they had to solve a level up across the teams, across mm-hmm. the products across mm-hmm. the location. So I think we, earlier we talked about that sometimes project management isn't really the issue for many of your customers. Right. Laura, it's a different animal. It's a different level of coordination and decision making and it is more forward looking. A right. lot of the team level agility is very much what's this sprint and next. But for some things we need to look further out. And the good thing is and what I think is the practical element in this is the essence of how a work organization process work that is adaptive. Or agile is the same no matter what level. And that's the three A's. So let's look at because my, some people might know Scrum really well. What's the essence in Scrum? Or, like, some of the, to me, what, what's the essence? Create a backlog of stuff that you want to do. Right. So things your customers might consider valuable. Then right. you select up you will do in the next iteration. And then you protect the team from doing anything else during that iteration. Right. And I think that's totally universal. And if you move that towards a more neutral wording, and we use anticipate, adapt, and accelerate. So anticipate what will need special attention. You create a list of things that you might want to do and you keep that list current. I mean, it's like, it's an ongoing activity. It's not like a phase that you do in January and then you don't do that for the rest of the year. That's something you
0: constantly do. Then two- Exactly, exactly right. I just want to pause there because I think yeah. that's where a lot of PMO people get stuck is they do prioritization once and then they think nothing in the world is going to change. And so they get really upset when their executives say, well, we need to shift priority. But having been a CEO for almost 11 years now, and then being in executive level positions before that, stuff changes people and the PMOs and delivery organizations that thrive get that and build systems to support it as opposed to fight it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a constant need of prioritization. So keep the list open and reflect on what are the potential, what's top of the list, depending on your strategy or goals or what's important to your boss. And that might change every now and then, doesn't it? So anyway, then for your next, let's just call it iteration. So for the next month, quarter, whatever it is, what are the, things that you want to work on and what sequence. And here's Mm -hmm. an important piece, resource allocation. So that's de facto prioritization. If you don't have anyone working on it, it will not get done. So commit people to do things, not multitasking necessarily. And then accelerating execution of those priorities, which typically is removing impediments from execution, which typically means removing resource constraints.
0: Right, for sure. Okay, so let's make it really practical and tangible for our audience. How do you as a PMO or transformation organization, most of our audience is in those roles. How do they leverage these 3A principles? What does that look like for them? What what can they go do?
1: Yeah, so there is no single definition of what a PMO should be doing. Right. But I think that I
0: have one. Hold on. I'm going to pause for a second and tell you what I think the PMO should be doing. I mean, come on. So the PMO is there to drive the highest possible return on investment for the organization's strategy as quickly as possible. Now, how you do that is as custom to the organization and their pain points and challenges to meet those specific needs. So it's going to be very custom. What you do is very custom. But Christoph, as you know, with our Impact Engine system, it gives you the framework to figure that out and to solve those unique business problems for the organization, right? But I really think that you're on to something with anticipate, adapt and accelerate as a framing for the figuring out what they should do. So, okay. Oh, yes. So,
1: oh, yes. <laughs> and, that's a, and thanks, Laura, for interrupting me here because I fully agree that this is what PMO should be focused on. And I think that PMO is on a unique position yes. in an organization to deliver the results that you were just referring to. And in the 3A world, I think they're in a unique position or from an organizational setting perspective to establish an agile decision-making process across projects on the portfolio
0: level. Because
1: they sit above the projects, they sit below the execs. Okay. So in one way or another, PMOs oversee today the non-line knowledge work activities. Across marketing teams, departments, businesses. Anyway, so they have a great visibility into what topics are important in different areas, into what things are being worked on already and who's committed to do which work. So I think they're in a unique position to design that decision-making process. And here's what I think you call it grabbing a seat at the executive table.
0: Yeah, maybe. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because that's how a PMO can ensure that the organization always has a logical plan to move right. forward on strategy execution. Because if you don't get well, priorities, resources, dependencies and stuff aligned, it just won't happen. You can do backward looking on a team level, and that's fine, or look at the next week or two of work. But if you want to manage, if you want to direct steer the organization towards better outcomes and faster outcomes, you need to do that across the portfolio and follow a process that sort of is aligned with the three A's perhaps, but I'm not a methodology evangelist. You need to do ABC. No, that's not, that's not me. But I think that the three A's can be a guidance.
0: Right. No, I think it's a really good framing for people to think about what those three A's really mean and how they could look at what they do now and what the organization really wants. Right. Give them what they want before you give them what they need. Right. What does the organization (laughs) want from the PMO? What are the business problems they want solved? And I bet you if you look at the three A's of agility, anticipate, adapt, accelerate. I think you can see those are the words the executives are probably using. And if Mm -hmm. they're not using them, they're feeling them, right? They need to be, you're C-suite, Is all about anticipating, right? Christoph, it's the world we live in with the future. Figure out what's next. Figure out the next problem that our customers need to have solved. We are in the future predicting business, right? The Mm -hmm. CEO in particular, we are future predictors Mm -hmm. and anticipating the needs of our customers. Adapt. That is. Everything about the world that we live in, right? Because that is, I mean, a perfect example was back in the beginning stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so many PMOs were in panic mode and their leaders were looking to me and saying, well, what should we do and how do we keep all of our continuous improvement templates, tools and process projects underway. And how do we keep all that going when we're in crisis mode? And I said, you don't. You need to adapt. You need to be nimble, flexible, adaptive and help solve your organization's business problem of the moment. Right. And stop saying, well, sorry, I need you to fill out my templates. Right. And one of our now Impact Engine certified students, Andrea Sorelli, when it came on the podcast and talked about how she was in the healthcare space and they had to figure out how to set up a COVID testing center in a few days, not a few months, right? Mm -hmm. So that was all about adapting. She didn't say, hold on, can you go fill out this form for me? She Mm -hmm. said, I got you, I'm here, and we're going to adapt so that we can help this organization thrive in chaos, right? Exactly. And then... Accelerate. I don't know any CEO in the world mm-hmm. that doesn't want to do that.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true. And that's and never been any different. I mean organizations were able to, you know, deliver results under some um, changing business environments right. forever. Right. And that right, was before right. Was invented, so I right. think there's the there is this thing around the, the the three A's that that is universal. But I think it is really important that organizations, when you think about how to steer more on the portfolio level and be more forward looking, don't overdo it. Use terminology the organization is already familiar with. Repurpose meetings, as we as we did with the release committee. Don't make it complex. It's just what's the stuff that we think we that will be relevant for us. Then okay, let's say for at least the next three months. So we'll make it a month this is the stuff that we'll focus on. And and, and this is the stuff that we won't do. That's okay. Simple, simple things, but getting the right stakeholders involved at that point. So you have real commitment and no scale at all, no less, no scrum of scrum at that point. It's just people sitting together, coordinating work and being a little more forward looking than typical.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. How does all of this relate to Agile and Scaled Agile specifically and Scrum and all of those? Because I can, I know for some PMO people, they'll say, oh, well, that's not our world. Or the Scrum folks will say, we don't want anything to do with the PMO, right? So how does all of this connect to that or not?
1: I'll answer it this way. Before you start applying any organizational change, you and your boss should be on the same page. No, no, I mean, Crystal care about what it is that you want to achieve yes and at what time frame you want to see results so What's the specific business metric for organization number? Effects, time to market, whatnot, and then think about: is there change in the organization or the way they work likely to improve this? And only if yes, though, so then take let's take a first step to improve. Right now, would you invest just as a as a test balloon because you don't know whether you'll get the result? Would you invest like a year's worth of project into changing the way the entire organization works, mm. not knowing what the outcome will be? No, you would do no. that. No, 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 you would. Say, okay, let's try a slight change to how we make decisions today. So let's not meet once a year for our portfolio board, but let's meet once a quarter. Yes. How's that? Or, hey, we definitely need to introduce whatever technology to make everyone work and cap the data for everything. You might not need to do that. You might actually need to go to your friend's office or call them up on Teams and ask, hey, what do you think is going to be important?
0: Yes. Yeah, no, this is really, I'm really glad you're saying this stuff because this is where I think a lot of the big agile transformation stuff went wrong, right? Because, and Jesse, my friend Jesse Fuel wrote a book on this, right? Because what happens is business leaders fell victim to the, if you just go agile, everything will be better. And Mm. your whole organization needs to have this wide sweeping agile transformation. And that's the only way you'll see any benefit from this. And that, Mm. that of course, is nonsense. And the problem with that is that anytime you try to do wide sweeping, organizational, Mm. transformational change all at once, You can't, right? Because that's not how an organization operates. And it fails to do the true work, which is what I think is the gold inside Jesse's book, is that it's really about organizational change management, right? I love this book.
1: I have it right here. It's wonderful. Yes. It is really wonderful.
0: And my book's going to be on that bookshelf behind oh,
1: you next yes, year. Yes, yes, just next to <laughs> can't it. can't wait. Um, but you know, an important piece about the three A's is it's a meta concept, right? And yeah. if you do Scrum, you have that. If you do Kanban, you have that. It doesn't right. doesn't really matter. What I feel is if we try to put too much logic into one main system for everyone, mm-hmm. and that's when things get messy, why not think of your organization as like little cells? Like here's a team, here's a team, here's a management system, here's an executive management system, here's and they are they're softly integrated by people communicating right. and as long as you know you have that 3A logic installed at the right place so let's just think okay we have a 3A logic on the portfolio level we can totally do work breakdown structure projects fully plan, and you're the most agile organization in the world it's just something to to consider as a as a concept where do we have so much change that we absolutely need to reconsider what is important for the next iteration and securing people's availability to actually work on things. And that right. could be at any layer of the organization. So that's I'm not criticizing, say, for Less or Scrum of Scrum. They all have their 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 meaning. I just feel that if you as an organization feel that you have problems that you cannot solve on an individual project or team level anymore... Think about you know, introducing that adaptive decision-making process a level up.
0: Right, and that's the point is that it's micro changes, not wide-sweeping macro year-long <laughs> changes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we call that iterating your way to impact. Right, so it's about iterations, smaller iterations. As you mm-hmm. know, the Impact Engine system is ninety-day cycles of you know it's iterative cycles of value delivery mm-hmm. where you're showing meaningful, like you're talking about fix one thing. Right, the mm-hmm. I realized when we redid the Impact Engine system, I guess it was last year, we didn't change a lot of the core content, but we had to really nail it for people early that they needed to have an MVP, mm-hmm. the minimum viable product. Do not spend a year doing behind the scenes, creating a bunch of stuff without showing your business leaders any change, any value, any return for their investment. Right. So it's that smaller iterations, smaller changes that make a much bigger impact along the way. And it brings people with you through the change process more effectively because they feel like it's a small thing. Yeah. I mean, it's little things like I love the example of instead of Mm -hmm. once a year governance and like prioritization, et cetera, let's take a look at how things are going on a quarterly basis. We, we teach what's called 30, 90s right Right. every 30 days you should be measuring where you are and how the in this context is you know with the PMO and the services it's rolling out but the same goes across the whole portfolio of changes right the 30 day look and then the 90 day opportunity to report out and pivot and take that feedback and figure out what you're going to do with it and what and anticipate (laughs) what the next thing is you need to solve adapt your framework to address that and then accelerate your way to impact right like I love it this is just i love this so this is perfect i think and it's not it's not overwhelming so my next question for you though is you know because one of the mistakes Mm. that a lot of people make right is they're like wide sweeping huge transformation big stuff right away how does the organization adopt the three a's is this something where you have to do it across the whole organization at once for it to work Mm.
1: not at all not at all i feel that's You can do that on an individual level. You can do that on a team level. You can do that in a part of your portfolio for one business unit for it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much. And I think Mm -hmm. that people in the organization will see how do you manage to be so adaptive? How is it that our boss never uh, catches you missing deadlines? Right. And you'd say, well, it's clear. I just uh, ask what, what her priorities are and adapt our. Overall plan for a month or two. And then she doesn't even ask what the status is of the individual activities because she doesn't, she knows I reliably deliver on the things that I've promised. And then other people will adapt it. I mean, that's, I think that was in Jesse's book, you know, that you start with something and then you give it away and people, it doesn't need to be the textbook anymore. People use similar concept that is tailored to their situation. You sort of get
0: what I mean? I do. I do. And I think that's, that's exactly right is that they should be adopting the right practices, but not like checking a list. They mm-hmm. should be looking at how does this fit our world and how does this fit what our organization really needs to get from where they are today to that next level. So, so,
1: so let, let me give you an example of an organization that we worked with. It's an engineering organization, 10,000 people, and they started following that logic in a part of their IT organization, I know 50 people or so, and they had two week cycles. Where they reviewed all, and they were pretty much order takers. So, and right. ERP system, ERP system changes, right? So every two weeks, like getting that cycle updated, asking their stakeholders what was most relevant to them, and then they just implemented that versus someone something else mm-hmm. plus some architectural changes, and then right. they changed that to their digitization unit, which was more of a monthly process. Then some of the other business units did a similar thing. They call it differently. Didn't matter so right. much. And then the executive board did the same and they said, okay, spare the reporting. I don't want to know. I just want to know. The ten projects that we work on, we personally, we executives, we commit to. We commit our time to making sure these top priority initiatives actually move forward the fastest. And I don't care about all the other stuff. So they found their own process Mm -hmm. with different terminology, different wording. Didn't matter. But there was there was one common data uh, database for people's availability, and so you could actually make sure that that you can commit reliably to to the deadlines because you have people working. But still, it was everybody had a little slightly differently different iterations. Needs. Didn't right.
0: But that's super important here is that people need to understand the people that are listening to this need to understand that it's not about what the rest of the industry does. It's about what your organization wants and needs. To thrive. And that's why sometimes we get called into organizations and they say, well, we want you to compare us to the industry. We want to be able to say that we are at this level based on the industry standard. And my first question is, why? What is that going to do for you? How is that going to accelerate business value? Is that just so you can brag about it? Is that just so you can, you know, check the box? Is that because you think that's what value looks like? And I tell them, listen, I can guarantee that your C-suite doesn't care as long as you're delivering results. So if you're using things like, well, we are at this level and let me brag about this, they're probably wondering, what is that going to do for us? What does that really mean for me? What does that mean for making my job easier as an executive? And so we have to separate the ego of this work from the impact of this work. And what every executive I have ever talked to wants is to have an organization that. That is properly anticipating where to go next, properly adapting so that they can thrive and properly accelerating to get to those business outcomes faster. And that, I think, is the perfect place for the PMO to live. And if you call it a strategy delivery group or a transformation group or an agile transformation group, it doesn't matter what you call it is the point. It should be helping the organization thrive by finding your way to embrace these three A's and meeting your business leaders where they are so that you can help them go on this journey. Like you said earlier, Christoph, there is no other organization department, business unit. And by the way, PMO people, you're creating a business unit, not a project. The business unit, there's no other business unit in the organization more strategically positioned, better prepared for, better educated for, better able to lead their organization on this transformation journey than this PMO concept. So do it, my friend. Like That's where you should be. And if the three A's guide you on that journey and help you keep everything you do through the lens of, does this help us accomplish the three A's? Then you win. That's how you get your seat at the table. I can guarantee that. That's how you get your seat at the table. Do those three things for your business leaders. So, does the entire organization need it? Kind of, you know, kind of. <laughs> they kind of do, but it's the job mm-hmm. of the people, people to help them figure out how they do it. Right. Like you are the strategy navigator, people. You should be helping your organization figure out how to do those three things. Put every template you create, every process you put in place, every step you are involving people in the process through the lens of those three things. And I think you are going to know exactly where your purpose is, what you should be doing and how you are going to get your seat at the table so that your business leaders have someone by their side taking them on this journey. Couldn't agree more. Well, before we wrap up here, Christoph, thank you so much for this episode. I absolutely love it. I think that you are on point with these concepts. If people want to connect with you, learn more from you, learn more about Meisterplan, how can they do that? Well,
1: go to meisterplan.com. That's the solution that we offer, of course. But then connect uh, with me through LinkedIn. It's Christoph currently impossible to pronounce, right? So last name is H-I-R-N-L-E. Uh, there is nobody else in the world called that, that last name, perhaps. You'll find okay. it. Easy to find. Easy to find.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> to my list and then say, Who? who's connected <laughs> to Laura? And you'll, you'll find my pal Christoph there. There we are. So, and that's what I love, Christoph, <laughs> is that you are not just running a software company. You are trying to help change the world for the better and bring your own thought leadership to this space and give people real practical, tangible ways to make their lives easier so that they can help their organizations thrive. And I just really appreciate that about you. And it's why we became such fast friends and our partners on this journey. So thank you for that. Thank you, Laura. All right, Impact Driver, that's it for this session today. I hope that you really have been inspired to figure out the right way to bring the three A's into your organization and use those three A's to frame your thinking about how can you create? more agility by anticipating, adapting, and accelerating. I hope you enjoyed the session. I look forward to bringing you more high impact content next week. Make sure you hit subscribe and download these episodes so they are with you no matter where your high impact journey takes you. Bye-bye for now.